But I think there's more pieces of chocolate. It's more, but they're, they're a lot smaller. Yeah. So you're not actually disturbing the taste of the ice cream. You don't have the, only the chocolate in your mouth. Before, they were like small pieces, but big chunks. So you're like actually crunching into this. Uh, this this is, actually melts in. This is better. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like this. I'm here today with Andrea Taviani. Hello. Who is the founder of Sapori d'Italia. Oh, that's correct. Perfect. A new artisanal ice okay. cream shop, or as you might say, gelato, here in Ho Chi Minh City. You've only been open like a, like a, a week, um, two weeks? Something, yeah, around 10 days, something like that, yeah. So it's a very, very uh, short time. How did you decide to make ice cream? Like, why are you, why is this your business? Why are you doing this? I'm doing this because I would like to bring to the country uh, different tastes, um, make people understand what is out there in the rest of the world and not just Vietnamese food or Asian food. Because as we know in Vietnam, you have like a lot of Japanese places, uh, Korean. So it's very, very Asian based. And they do have ice cream, but there isn't a culture of traditional Italian gelato, which is obviously completely different. And so I would like to bring my culture to Vietnam, still respecting people's taste in this country. And you have coffee as well. I have coffee. I use 100% Vietnamese coffee, but I make the Italian coffee, which could be an espresso. Uh, we can have a cappuccino. Uh, otherwise, we have like a semi-dessert, which is on cafe fogato. Literally, it's like a scoop of vanilla ice cream. And then you pour over onto it a nice one shot of espresso. As you would say in Vietnam, one shot. But we in Italy, we would just say un espresso. We're in uh, Andrea's cafe at this moment. So if you happen to hear clinging and clanging or grinding in the background, it's all part of the operation. Yep. Nothing is uh, done on purpose. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about conception to realization. Like, what's this journey been like for you? Well, I arrived in Vietnam slightly over two and a half years ago. So my dream, just so you can understand better, when I was a child was to live in Asia. And therefore I fulfilled this dream by coming to Vietnam. And Vietnam allows any kind of foreigner to open a business without having to have a local partner. So for me, that was like a huge thing, you know, a, a lot easier and everything. So yes, yeah, so I came to Vietnam and I originally wanted to concentrate myself more on coffee than anything else. But I realized with time that there are so many coffee shops over here. And I thought, you know what, why not combine the coffee with the gelato artigianale artigianale you know meaning that it's all homemade fresh products uh that's why we would call it artigianale so obviously coming to vietnam at the beginning i had this concept of wanting to open the business but i also had to understand how people live their daily lifestyle you can't just move from Italy or from Europe and come to a complete different continent and have the same way of thinking. You, you need to try to understand how people do things over here or wherever you go. So I spent most probably the first four months just <laughs> being a tourist, enjoying my life a little bit in Vietnam uh, and just looking around and that, w that was about it, you know, just, that was it. And then after that, I slowly, slowly uh, started to have a look at what companies gave, what companies offered, uh, how to start my company, understand districts, what is a potential district, less potential district. And district would here means... Like an area of the city. 
Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, correct. In Ho Chi Minh City, it kind of follows the French system of giving numbers for a lot of districts. Yes. So we got a District 1, a District 2, District 3. Yeah. Some districts have names. Some districts, yeah. Like this one here is uh, Bentang. Um, but it's... I like the district because it's extremely central, but it's not in the town center. I mean, it's like, what, you've got five, ten minutes away, so it's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I thought I could find uh, good products in the city itself but with time i realized that you have to go more to the towards the countryside so that's where i will get all my fruits i go to the countryside uh i go to a wholesale market where they actually distribute fruit for the whole of the city so naturally prices are more convenient but also if you go the, so the market literally it opens up at 11 o'clock in the evening and it will close at 10 o'clock in the morning this is seven days a week and it's obvious that the earlier you get, you will find the better quality. If I was supposed to go there, like for example, at five o'clock in the morning, I'm just going to find more or less a left leftovers. So I will generally go there around half 11, 12 o'clock, something like that. And I find very, very good quality. So like other markets go there to buy their produce every night so that they have it that the next day. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Vietnam, one thing that may or may not be surprising is that produce here can be extremely fresh. So whereas a lot of the markets don't have a great deal in terms of refrigeration. Yeah, very, different. you know, but still, uh, the stuff may have been at the, on the farm yesterday or the day before it gets from the farm to the market pretty quickly i think the, 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 the one i will go to they actually get it on the day itself more or less mm. um so it's prepared so you talk into the front of it like oh that. okay yeah. okay it's uh, very nice <laughs> um <laughs> so besides all the products and whatever uh the city itself uh we generally people would who have been here they know it's extremely hectic. It's huge. You have something like over 11 million people living here. And it is in a phase of huge development. I would say this city maybe in the last, has actually developed probably in the last four years, like taken the big boom because you have the Koreans and the Chinese, which have invested so much money. You have also some Japanese, um, which they have, like I've said, and I will re-mention it again, they've invested a lot of money in this country. So I try to create a location where people can escape from this chaotic city, uh, as you may sound, hear the sounds from inside the shop, uh, cars driving by and traffic in general. Uh, so giving this location like a nice, comfortable, uh, we have some vegetation uh, growing inside the shop. So you can sort of like feel yourself in Vietnam, but also in the countryside of Vietnam and also feeling in a Italian type of like... I wouldn't know how to say it. Say it in Italian. That's how you say it. You got to say it in Italian. And you just laugh. <laughs> All right, I, I, what is this lifestyle Italian word that you're looking for? Dolce far niente. Which is the comfort... Okay, you could say it's more or less the comfort of not doing anything. Just like the laziness of not doing anything. So the opposite of la vida loca. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, she's living the life lazy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the new song. It's still a, a very early stage to say people uh, accept, not accept, they understand it. What I'm trying to give to them, uh, maybe. They see it a bit as a luxury side, but then for us, uh, Western people, as we are mm. Western, uh, 
it's something that we probably live in and enjoy. We actually go and look for these things. In Vietnam, there's a pricing where uh, if you go to, it maybe it's like this everywhere, for instance. Like if I get Mexican food in Japan, it's not cheap. No. But you could get Mexican food in Mexico for cheap. Um, it's it's like that here, where food that is foreign tends to have a up market price. Absolutely. But that price is still half or somewhere between half and even even an eighth. Maybe it's more like half to a, a fourth yes. of yes. what you may pay Absolutely. In Italy or something, or, you know, if you no, get, correct, uh, correct, correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's adapted to the, uh, to the, to the country's market, uh, and finance, but with that little extra, how could you say, uh, cost, uh, not only because it's, I think, I mean, I, I don't know exactly, uh, not only because it's a Western cuisine, it's new, it's a new product. I'm not talking about just my gelato. I talk about everything in general. Uh, I, I, I try, I don't want to be greedy or anything. Uh, this is why my prices are literally, what, maybe like 5%, 10% more expensive than other coffee shops around here. But it's because the, the reason is you have a lot of work behind making the gelato. So, but otherwise the product is 100% Vietnamese product because it's normal. I'm not going to go buy a mango or passion fruit from a different country when you have these fantastic, you know, like succulent fruits from this country. So why not use them? They are completely fresh. From talking to you over the last few, I'm going to say the last few months, but it's probably longer than that. Maybe the last year yeah. about your ice creams as you've been ex experimenting and developing, you've had a few what I would call pillars of design. You could call them cornerstones of your product. Some, some points you're not willing to compromise on. Uh, the quality of the ingredients, for instance. You've done a good job in the past of explaining to me things like um, how you don't use syrups. You use yes. the actual fruit itself, yes. right? I don't use, um, and there's, there, there is nothing wrong, you know, because today, the, uh, generally, I mean, probably 90%, 95% of uh, people who make gelato, they will use also a base, which is generally like a powdered base uh, for many reasons, you know, cost for hygiene, um, time and everything and i go back to how we used to it before so there's like there's no powder there's no paste there's nothing i will create all of that by myself so yes it does take a lot longer even in italy i would say many places i'm not saying my quality as in taste is better absolutely not um i'd say it's your standard ice cream but the difference is you will not find many people also in Italy who will use, who will make everything by scratch from zero. It takes a long time. But you're doing that. I do that. I do that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> why, why are you doing that? Why am I doing that? I just like going back to how we used to do things before. That, that's literally it, you know, and then... You, you get to actually understand more the ingredients, the elements, uh, how to combine the things. When you, when you go and make uh, anything, I mean, besides the ice cream or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, you already got like a semi-ready mixed thing. You just pour it in and it's done. But are you really understanding it? Besides the fact when you go to school, you know, or university, whatever it is, you go and take the, the lessons and then they explain it. But like after years that you're making things, you'll know them, but you sort of like, float away to how it was actually made because the product's there for you. But I'm actually taking every element and combining it. So I'm always up to date with how it's made. And yeah, probably with time you do understand that some things do change. Some products do change, which they do. It's normal. It's just because obviously the fertilizers we use, so it will, it will change the taste. I like 
keeping everything as natural as possible. Are there any ingredients you've stumbled upon as flavors here in Vietnam that you would not have, uh, that have been like pleasant surprises? What kind of, I mean, is there any experimentation you've done with locally available? I mean, okay. Foods that are not things that would typically be find their way in ice cream in Italy. Okay. Yeah. So you, you've got one, I mean, it probably does exist in many countries. Like you've got the avocado, uh, ice cream. Um, I mean, we generally wouldn't even imagine probably of making something like that. I mean, it's like if you give to an Italian, everybody knows that a uh, pizza with pineapple. I mean, you just, we know it exists, but I mean, no, I mean, I, yeah, you're not going to do that. No, uh, but you know, everybody's, uh, their preferences. So as I was saying, yeah, the avocado, um, it's, I quite like it. Quite like it. Uh, people like it over here. I mean, they have their smoothies and everything. Uh, one thing which is quite a common thing over here, you know, you have the the durian. It's like that big, huge fruit. The 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 skin of it is very prickly. So if you touch it, it can hurt. I mean, that it does hurt. Uh, the smell is extremely, extremely strong. I mean, some people don't like it. I would probably say a lot of foreigners tend to not like the taste. Maybe we're just not used to it. Um, ice cream wise, people do like it. I have not done it yet to sell to people. I have done it before in my house, just to see an experiment. You know, like I said, it has been done before, even by other Italians and everything, but I was thought, ah, you know, if they've done it, why not try, have a look, you know, you need to understand also the quantity of the fruit and other things to be able to, to, to do it. I mean, you, you make mistakes and then you just redo it. It's like, like everything, you know, practice makes perfection. Otherwise, you know, you've got the, 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 the Vietnamese, uh, mangosteen, uh, quite nice, bit sweet to the taste, but you know, people here, they have this huge sweet tooth. They love putting, uh, condensed milk, which is, uh, Sodak, as they would call it over here. I, I, I find it extremely sweet, even, even for myself, um, which you have it in the Vietnamese coffee, you know, the cafe sur. Um, I don't use that in my, in my ice cream. Absolutely not. All, all of it is like with the natural fresh uh, milk. Have you done any experiment with uh, sua as a base for one of the flavors? No, I have not. I, I haven't, I haven't tried. I, until now I've refused. Um, I, I, maybe I've refused because I have tried some Vietnamese ice cream where they do have it inside. And the taste for me was like, I don't go personal on tastes, but it's, I just can't, I can't even taste it. It's like, literally, that's all I taste literally all I taste. And the difference is uh, when you have the ice cream made from the condensed milk, uh, we all know that Vietnam, it's a tropical country. It's very hot. I mean, especially Saigon. As Vietnam is divided in two, you've got the North and the South. The North, you have, you could say more or less of a four seasons. The South, you've got two seasons, like the hot season and the very, very hot season. Um, so like I was saying, making an ice cream with condensed milk, it's even if I leave it outside for 20 minutes, it's still there. It's not going to melt uh. because the, the condensed milk keeps everything together. And you don't have personally, you lose a lot of the flavor, the original flavor of every single fruit or even like a chocolate or whatever, cause chocolate isn't a fruit. I've noticed your ice cream melts pretty quickly. Yes, because it's the way that used by the traditional uh, ingredients. Mm. Uh, do, you ha do you still use any kind of emulsifiers in it? Anything to stiffen it up? I mean, yes. Okay, so we have on low-cost gum, uh, low gum bean, which is a natural uh, product. Um used also as a sugar but it's not sweet at all it's like you had mentioned just now is to densify a little bit glucose another type of sugar 
what else could there be that could help it to stay, to keep its texture, actually to give it a bit of texture? Uh, dextrose. These are all, you could say, natural ingredients. Um, I've heard about people using some seaweed extract, some kind of something derived yes, from seaweed. Yes, there is one I have not had the, uh, the chance to use. I actually have a friend, uh, French. Yeah. Difficult to... What's, what's your background? Are you French? Are you Italian? Are you English? <laughs> I, I would probably say I'm a, I'm a man of the world. Um, uh, so yeah, my, 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 my father is, is Italian. My mother is French. But um, I was born in England. And so I've lived, I lived in England, I think it's more or less 15 years, something like that. I've lived in Italy around the same amount, around that, yeah, around 15 years, something like that. Uh, then after Italy, I moved to France, Paris, which I had lived there for something like six years, something like that, more or less. And now Vietnam, two and a half years. So when people ask me, oh, how long have you been in Vietnam? I say, yeah, two, two and a half years. Oh, it's a long time. And I, uh, it's not. So then I explain to people why. And I say, okay, yeah. Mm. So I can't. Now, if you're going to ask me, what do I feel? I will tell you 100% Italian. Having lived in all these countries, uh, even though my, my, my childhood was in England, but at home, even though we were living in England, at home it was nothing to do about English. I, I have never really understood the English culture because as my mother was French and my father was Italian and I would say probably 80% of their friends were French or Italian. So everything we did was continental. Um, so yeah, I, I feel 100% or maybe 99% Italian and that 1% is divided from all the other places. Uh, it's given me a lot of experience, even like just moving around and everything, not just because of my parents, but moving around to different countries, travel a little bit, not a lot. And it helps, you know, it's true. It does help people to grow up, to grow up, to understand things, accept different cultures, mentalities can help a lot of things, even for work, especially when you open a company in a different, not country, but a different culture, it helps a lot, a lot to have some of these extra experiences. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face? Sorry, I, 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 I had to laugh. Well, why? why? What's so funny about that? Um, okay, but put aside the... You can, you, can, you can describe these things like in a, in a polite way. No, no, I would never, I'd never allow myself... Uh, besides backstage, yeah, obviously, you know, it sound, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, besides the language barrier, you know, language barrier, okay, fine, we have that anywhere. Um, it's actually, I would say, one, one, of, one, one of the biggest uh, problems I had faced was the construction of my location. Um, I find compared to what I have experienced back in Europe, a lack of knowledge in construction and trying to share my knowledge with them, the Vietnamese construction companies is quite a tough thing. And maybe I was just unlucky. So even like with the electricity, electricity part and everything, you know, I've had to redo it something like three times over and over. So that, that has been a bit of a, quite a big of a, an issue, the construction as it's in itself. Uh, there is obviously, even with the employees, different ways of working. Uh, I would say they are a lot more laid back to how we are, but you know, it's, like I say, it's always helpful. It's always helpful to understand how they think. Uh, it's helpful for me, you know, to, to get that extra experience. So with time and in the future, you know, in a, you're not like, oh, but, you know, I would do it this way. Why don't you do it? You know, back at home, we, we work like this. You know, so it's helpful to understand. And for me also to adapt, not 100%, but to adapt 
adapt to understand how to communicate better and not take things for granted. Take things for granted because I have a different way of working coming from Europe. When, I don't know if that could answer a little bit. When question. you say take, take something for granted, do you mean make assumptions about how... One issue I've found is there's times where I don't communicate some specific thing, some specific expectation, because in my common sense, it should be obvious. It should be obvious for us. Right? That, 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 that's exactly... I wasn't probably able to like explain it properly. properly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we take it for granted for us because we are used to working that way or even just our day-by-day -day life where we're used to doing these things uh we've grown up in these you know doing certain things and we take it for granted but we shouldn't because we come to a different nation different ways of doing so we should sort of like and it's difficult to do put everything all our ways of how we did before put it aside and say okay i've come here and i need to learn from zero that that's that's a really really difficult bit but if you're able to it will make life not just work but even your day-by-day -day life a lot more simple you you hear a lot of foreigners who complain ah oh, but they do things wrong it's not wrong it's that's how it works over here now you it's obvious you come to my country yes it's wrong so that's why i said it it helps it helps to work with them and look at them and yeah, maybe like study how they work. Maybe not nice to say. I mean, there's got to be some examples though of things that are actually just wrong. Like it's not different. things clean? You know, I mean, there's got to be examples of things that you could make the argument, oh, this isn't wrong. It's just different. It's a different way of doing it. It's a different but there's got to be some things that are just I mean, actually for me, wrong. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's wrong. I mean, the, the fact of hygiene, you know, like, yeah, like, obviously I work with a lot of fruits. It's, it's normal, you know, making ice cream, smoothies and, and all of these. I mean, you need hygiene. And it's, it's happened, you know, a few times that they'll make something and maybe they'll just leave it there. And you're going to get ants if you don't clean or whatever, you know, cockroaches or rats, and, and it's not nice to hear, but I mean, we all know it's fairly dirty city. Um, and, you know, there, it, there's this thing, like, yeah, okay, I've done the product, whatever, and then, I, and then I'll leave it there, and I'll come back to it later. But So for me, it's wrong. And you can go anywhere. You can go to a, a shop which they'll sell pho, the typical Vietnamese soup, which can have milk, uh, meat inside. And you'll see, you know, they, they, they do, they'll prepare products and everything, but then the leftover, they tend to like leave it there or they can put it in a trash can and the can, trash can is open. So you're going to get little reptiles who come along and like nibble at it while you're eating your food. Looking after clients, I would say a lot. You know, you, you work in a, you work in a public, with public, with people, with customers. So it's normal that, you see, that's, that's what I just say, you know, it's, it's normal for me. Um, I, I've worked in retail before uh, for quite a few years. So it's normal that I look after, try to look after clients. And here it's a bit of like, yeah, okay, thank you, bye-bye. It's normal you need to look after people and not just say, what do you want? And like, it stops there. Along those lines, like some shocking experiences that I've observed or had myself is let's say you go to a market and uh, I mean, you go to a lot of markets and the person like behind the counter might even be like, I don't want to sell to you. Like, it, go away, yeah, it's happened. You know? it, it's happened. Or, or I mean, you can't, you, you can't say this has never happened to you. I mean, you're, you're there and you're ordering something or, you know, you're getting some stuff ready from, from the owner or whoever it is. And then they just sort of like suddenly pick up the phone and, and they're, they're just chatting away with somebody else while you've just asked them, can I please have this and this and this? Or otherwise you're asking them to get you and I'll give you a stupid example, 10 kilos of, of, of sugar. And then there's somebody else just comes along and they just like barge in and then they say, oh yeah, I want that. And then the employee of that place sort of like 
forgets you're there and then they'll help someone else. This top topic came up recently and when it did, it reminded me of a blog post that my friend Tomo had made many years ago about when you go to the the emergency room at the hospital, the 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 person making the most noise is going to get the squeak. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have an expectation that I was here first, so I'll be serviced first. This happens to me all the time at the uh, gas station. At the, okay. You know, where I'll be- <laughs> I love it. I'll be like, there's not a space for me to get to the pump. I'm waiting for that person to leave. Uh. So I'm standing there and then like, waiting for a space to open up. And then- Well, as we would do back- Yeah. And then someone right. else will just- Jump in. Jump in, like between, you know, where I was about to pull forward into. And, and, you're like, and they get, and then they, nine times out of 10, they'll get serviced first. Correct. So. First come, first serve. You know, this could be, this, this is potentially an example of one of those, it's not necessarily wrong, it's different. Like, you know, I think if I have to say there's like an, uh, a, yeah. bo- a border and at, this is still on the side of like, okay, this is just like a cultural difference. It is. You know, like, I mean, it, it, you gotta it be is. proactive. It, you want that thing, go get it. It's a normality over here. Yeah. It's completely normal to do these things. And they generally, they don't even complain. But it's close to the line for me. You know, like, you know. it's, it's very close. And, and uh, I mean, it's, it's not only something that bothers foreigners. It's something that will bother a lot of Vietnamese oh, no, as no. well. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sometimes you actually you you hear them mumbling because uh, they don't have this tendency of like we would do like you shout at the person say ah oh, that's it was my time why did you know they they, they just so like keep it to themselves it's not really a nation where people shout where people argue like if they've done something wrong you know somebody's done something wrong I'm either well at least I'm talking from my experience after two and a half years I haven't seen many people do that they just keep it to themselves. And then it's like, yeah, day goes on. We keep a grudge. It's like, for example, I remember back in Italy or whatever country I've lived in, in in Europe, I mean, sometimes some people like, they barge themselves in front of me and then I'd be there. I would tell them, oh, did you see, I, you know, I was in front of you and everything, but then it doesn't stop there. I would go to work or back home and I would speak to like a friend or a girlfriend and say, oh, do you know what happened today? This idiot or whatever. And doesn't really, I haven't really seen that over here. They're like, it's in that split second. And then it's like, boom, disappears. There's like a surprising lack of road rage. <laughs> yeah. You know. But it's good. It is good. Yeah. If there was road rage, we'd be in a oh, lot of trouble God. here. Oh, God. Surprising yeah. lack of road rage. I mean, with the amount of... I get trouble. road rage here, though. It's already, it's already ingrained in me. It's part of who I am. Okay. And... uh that's as far as I'll go on the record with that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I've just like, I, I, I can't really say I've really offended anybody when I've been driving. It's, I can't be bothered. Really, it just tires me because the traffic is just so intense. And you're going to get upset, every, literally, I'll be honest, every 30 seconds. And I'm going to give it good. You're going to get upset every 30 seconds. And then I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And, you know. So you've been able to. I just like, yeah, okay, don't get me wrong. There are, there are, there are some times that it's like, it really gets to me. But generally, generally, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I, I, I don't even want to think about it. It's like, okay, yeah, I know I need to get there. And I know already before I get on my bike that there's going to be in 10 minutes, probably five things that are going to happen. So I already know. So I'm not even going to bother. There was a a post many years ago, somebody asking for um, safety advice for driving here. Like, what is the number one thing you should do to be safe when driving here? Um, Don't my, look if you go left or right. <laughs> oh God! Well, my my uh, my answer was. Um, remove. Don't have the concept of right of way. Right. If you if you have the idea that. Uh, it's my turn to go, or this is the lane for turning left, or whatever. Like you're, and you strict, you stick to this rigidly. You know, if you drive with the mindset you would drive in the United States, like this is the rule and this is the right way to do it, and I'm going to go by yeah. the rule, you will cause an accident of course, or yeah. be a victim of an accident, right? And instead, what 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 you have here is you have to say, right of way, be damned. 
I'm just going to look at what's actually happening around me. And that's the rule. It doesn't matter what color the light is. No. It doesn't matter what lane I'm in. I just have to look around me. Am I about to hit anyone or is anyone about to hit and me? And you don't even look like 180 degrees. I mean, you're literally looking at around 80. You don't look. I try to look 360 as much yeah. as possible. I mean, I, I've, I think I've become quite. <laughs> quite have you had any accidents? I've had. Have I had an accident? I, I wouldn't really call it an accident. I had this little thing which I was going to Taudin. So Taudin is the district where you have all the foreigners, and. So the road is large. You've got like one, two, three, four lanes. Okay. Before you go on the, correct. And there was a little bit of traffic, not hugely. And I had like three bikes in front of me, a few bikes on my side and one behind me. And the lady in front of me, for no reason, just literally went to a sudden halt. And you know that in Vietnam, I mean, you, you, you don't have that thing of saying, oh, yeah, you've got the 10 meters, the five meter distance. I mean, we're, we're all like right behind each other. So it gave me a little amount of time to, to, to break. I was able to break. But then there was this guy behind me. He was going quite fast and he just like slapped straight in front of me. And obviously I hit into her. So I wouldn't say it was like a huge thing. Um, but I think that was literally one of the only things. Otherwise, you know, the bumps here and there. I mean, those are normal things. Did you did you, did you spill out when that happened? No, I, I no no no. I mean, I think uh, nothing really happened to any of us, so it was fine. I mean, no no one fell on the floor. Luckily, she didn't because obviously she had a child with her. Because oh. you know, kids here don't wear helmets. Yeah, the parents do, but the kids don't. Uh, anyway, so luckily nothing nothing happened. But the thing is, is that okay at that point there. That happened. Yes, I got fairly angry um, because what happened is the guy just looked like that and just went. He didn't literally didn't even care. He just went. Um, so I yeah drove behind him and everything, and I just said to him, "Do you not know how to say sorry?" And he just looked at me and laughed in my face, which is a general reaction that people have. The reaction I get a lot when I like. I got uh, sideswiped by a taxi once, and then I, I chased him down. I was angry. I was pissed. It was nighttime. I, I caught up to him. I don't even know if he knew he did it, nah. to be honest. Well, he's uh, in a car. Because he, just not, he didn't like try to drive away and get away. He's just going at a normal pace after that time. And I caught up to him. And then, like, I even maybe opened his door to yell at him. Okay. And then his face was like, <laughs> yeah, it's this really stupid smile. Yeah. Like it's a kind grin, of like a, yeah, a, a weird grin. It's not, it wasn't, there was no malevolence to it. It was in a way very innocent. Okay. And I'm like, I wanted to be angry at you. Yeah. And now like, uh, I see your reaction. And you know, like, I'm like, uh, please yeah. be careful. Please be yeah. careful. And, and this happens a lot. This kind of where, um, oh man, I was driving the other night and the guy, uh, a grab bike driver took like a plastic bag with garbage and huh. threw it over a fence yeah. as he was going. And I thought it was my place to reprimand him. And I drove up and I was like, in trying to in Vietnamese, tell him that what he's doing is bad. And yeah. he, he gave me the stupid grin too. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It just kind of totally diffuses me because I have no, you know, I, I don't know how to react to it at all. Yeah. And I, 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 I get you. I get you. I get you. So was it, was that guy doing that kind of thing or was he like more, more? No, uh, no, no. He was but, doing exactly that. Okay. And then I, and I was like, I don't even know how to communicate. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. So I just thought, okay, the, 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 forget it. Forget it. Done is done. I mean, no one got hurt. No one fell down. And then that was it. When you see foreigners uh, hear stories or actually see it yourself of foreigners overreacting in situations here. A lot. I have a theory about it because I find myself overreacting from time to time. And part of my theory is that 
back home, I would deal with this situation with reason and logic and verbally. Yeah. But I don't have the verbal skills to make this argument, to do this kind of communication. Okay. You're right. Like I don't actually have the tools or the confidence in the, my tools to express my displeasure in a form of constructive feedback. Right. And it ends up with me just having behavior that looks over the top. And cause I'm trying to convey my displeasure with my body language or, okay. you know, and I wonder how much of this is, you know, um, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I, I try to not give any more attention, uh, attention to it. It's just a bit tired of the foreigners who come here. Um, just, I, you hear them complaining and I'm like, yeah, it's well, the thing. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it's also the majority of when I say foreigners, I will specify it's not foreigners as Koreans or Japanese. It's foreigners as Europeans. Cause I don't know many Americans. I haven't seen many Americans. I know there are a lot. I just haven't really seen many. So I see a lot of, a, a lot of Europeans, they live in the expat district. So what happens is that you are in a constant community, exactly like back at home. So they have created this type of like compound, like a ghetto, you can sort of like say it, which is not a real reality. It's the reality back at home. So as soon as they leave that compound, they're like, oh my God, look at people and look at here. And then, you know, you, you don't have time to adapt to understand why people do that. I remember you saying that you explicitly avoid that. You're living in a local neighborhood. Yeah. You eat at Love it. very local restaurants. Love it. Like how much Western food do you eat? How much Vietnamese food do you eat? And how much of that Vietnamese food is more like street food versus Attica okay. fine dining? Street food? I eat every single day. So, and Western food, I will probably eat it around once every, to be honest, maybe once every two to f three to four months. So it's very, very little. Except for ice cream. Except for ice cream. <laughs> I suppose. Except for ice cream. Yeah. Uh, restaurants, I barely ever go there because the thing is, it's very different Vietnam to the to to to, to our culture. Um, you go to a restaurant, you spend more money, but I find that the taste is actually worse than a street food. I find that it's more authentic and more tasty uh, going to a street food. It's different compared to India. In India, it's like extremely dirty. The street food in Vietnam is actually quite clean. It's quite clean. Depends where you go to, but it's still quite clean. Yeah, I'm 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 like one hundred percent for the doing this lifestyle and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah. As for the ice cream, I see people are enjoying it. A, a lot of locals, they enjoy it. They're like, oh, wow. You know, it, it's different. It's different. Uh, the, the, some of the flavors, they have a bit of a difficulty uh, because they have that sweet tooth. So they expect, or because they're used to ha having a lot of sugar, but I explained to them that it's not like that. You're eating the actual fruit. I find your ice cream to be more refreshing than an ice cream that has too much preservatives or too much sugar. Okay. You know, I definitely, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't, I don't know if I've shown the B-roll yet of me consuming the ice cream, but I, uh, it goes ha down. Having been using your, your cafe as my office for the last yeah. week, it's not helping my waistline. No. And I, but I just can't. Oh, come on. We give you a glass of water. <laughs> I don't have to I, flush it away. I just can't. I have no self-control when it comes to ice cream, especially when it's nice, nice, Thank you. nice quality. I, I, so. I really appreciate the, uh, the compliment. It's always nice, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we, 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 I'm, we're satisfied. We're satisfied with uh, clients' feedbacks. Uh, I, ca I can't really say there are there have been any negative ones uh, or downside of the ice cream. Um, we have, a, we're starting to have a few people which are coming back quite often. Uh, our next door neighbor uh, is actually amazing. Um, 
for the first like five days, something like that, he was coming every single day, every single day. And he would like be coming in the morning. So I opened the store, it's like at uh, 8 a.m. And 8.30 a.m. he would come to the store and have his ice cream. What I do like is, okay, people are, tend to have like, they're, they're very shy. The, the, the locals are very shy. Uh, so sometimes it's a bit difficult to communicate with them, not because they don't want to, they're just shy. They don't know what to say. And, you know, it's, it's the language barrier is huge. It's huge. That's obviously if you, if you, if you're in district one, so district one, as we, as you know, it's the central, uh, the town center, the city center. Okay. And so it's normal that that's where a lot of Vietnamese, they know how to speak English because it's where all the tourists go to. Not foreigners who live here, but the tourists, they all go, go there. You've got a few monuments, a few museums. So, uh, yeah. And basically, uh, Ho Chi Minh City, there isn't really much to see. Let, let, let's be honest. It's not like if you go to Hanoi, which is the capital up in the north, there is a lot to see. The city still has a lot of, uh, you've got the old city. Saigon's not like that because of the wars and, and everything. Um, so as soon as you leave the central part, you realize that English is... The farther you get away from District 1, yeah. the less likely uh the vietnamese you interact with will be fluent in english correct i mean where i live where so i've been there for like a year and a half something like that no actually two years two years sorry uh english is literally an option um obviously after two years people know me they see my face they say hello and everything but the, the, the communication is is still very difficult have you studied vietnamese i have not I have not, I've never studied Vietnamese. Um, I just try to ask friends. Now, obviously I have employees. I just try to ask them how to say a few words and, you know, gradually, gradually get, you get there. I mean, the, the, I, I wouldn't say the language itself is difficult. It's, it's not a complex language. There are very few words. It's just the fact that they have something like uh, six, seven, eight, tone so they have one word but it's like it changes the tone and it changes completely the word that is what is difficult so it's not the language itself uh there's no complexity to, to it but i need to learn it i mean it's me who decided to come here it's not a company who asked me to come and work for them so yes yeah, so i have to learn the language i have to learn the language not perfectly but enough to be able to have a few conversations so that's my next goal to learn okay. vietnamese hey Taking fun. a formal class, like an intensive formal class, let's say one hour a day for could be useful. five days a week for a few months, you know, you're going to get this foundation that you can then practice with people. But then will you? Because if you have a lot of contact, for example, with people who speak English, you're never going to practice it. So yeah, you can learn the language by going to school. But then if you go back home or whatever, you know, it's, and you're only speaking English, it's not really going to work out, is it? Yeah. Well, you could, I mean, you could communicate with your staff. No, sure. Sure. You sure. Know, exclusively in, in Vietnamese. Yeah. I find in these kind of situations. At least I can understand if they're taking the mick out of, uh, the mick out of me or not. Yeah. That, that, that would yeah. be good. For me, when it comes to Vietnamese or Japanese, I'm quite okay at ordering things at a restaurant because that's the context that I get to practice the most. Okay. You know? Okay. I go to the restaurant, the staff there, uh, and it's some of the, some of the first stuff you learn when you take a class sure. anyways, you know, like, oh, sure. how do you say, how much does this cost and how yeah. much, how, what are the numbers? What's the number system? You know, how do you talk about quantities of things, whether it's the price or whether it's like, I'll have two glasses of water, right? So those kinds of things that you say time and time again, or there's some things that I did learn, you know, whenever I go to the gas station, I get a, I almost always get a full tank. And I always forget that. And I, I, at one point I learned that, but I just make a hand signal and I say the word full. I say full. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying the right, I'm just saying an English word. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Again. Like, or you you learn a lot like in basis of what your profession is 
because you're using those words all the time for work. So obviously, even there, you're going to get it. Uh, it's going to be quicker for you to learn. So I, I work with ice cream. So I need to buy always fruits or drinks or. Yeah. So I bet you know the, the, the Vietnamese for all the fruits you're ordering. Fruit, yeah. Yeah. No. Now, obviously, if you ask. What's mango? Swai. Okay. What's uh, coconut? <laughs> Yula? Yula. That's it. That. <laughs> that was uh, like, oh. What's coconut water? Nook you Dung Roy. Having a quick lesson in Vietnamese. Yeah. With our English accents. <laughs> I found that the number one frustrating thing with Vietnamese is I would learn words in class. And then when I try to practice them, nobody has any idea what I'm trying to say. Because no. I'm not pronouncing the word correctly. Right. I pronounced it good enough for my teacher or my classmates or something. I mean, they're, they're understanding. Um, but not good enough for, no. you know, and the other thing that happens is cause you're in the real world. Yeah. The other thing that happens is that, uh, Vietnamese will look at my face and they'll assume yeah. I'm speaking English. Yeah. I get that every you know? single day. Every so they'll, they'll be like, that is some really weird English he's yeah. speaking. It almost sounds Vietnamese, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? And so there's not this like light switch that flips off that says this guy's trying to speak Vietnamese. Yeah. So, I mean, it's happened a few times with my employees also. I mean, like, I think it was like two days ago, I was talking to uh, one, of my, one of my employees. Um, you know, I was just telling me um, a few coffee places that I had been to in District 1. Um, and I was like naming the actual street. And she's like, what are you saying? What are you saying? And so the other employee, he, he, he understood and he was saying to her, it's that street. Oh, that street. And it's like, Come on, I mean, make that little effort to, to like understand. It's, but you know, it's. Let me like try some Italian words and mangle them. And then you tell oh. me how. Okay. Like if you could understand me, you could, you know, you could be like, okay, he's a stupid American, but I know what he's trying to say. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's just pick an easy phrase and you'll tell me the Italian and then I'll intentionally say it poorly. Okay. Okay. Uh, I love to eat ice cream. Amo mangiare il gelato. Amo mangiare il gelato. So, amo, I'm not gonna, is, I'm not is, going... amo is I? Love. Love. It means so, love. you start with love. So, it's like, so amo, you're actually talking about yourself. So, it's all it, together. I love. Okay. Because amare is to love, but amo, you're talking about yourself, that you, you love. love. Amo. Okay. Amo. It would be io amo. But if you say io amo, you're actually repeating yourself. Okay. So it's amo, mangiare, eating. Oh, mangiare is eating. Is okay. Eating. Il, the, Il gelato. Gelato. Ice cream. What's the word for eating again? Mangiare. Mangiare. So yes. amo mangiare il gelato. Yeah, I can, I can, I can get. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so I don't, I didn't use an Italian accent there, but huh. you can get what I, I can, I'm I, saying, I can right? Yeah, I can get it. Uh, now in Vietnamese, it'd be something like, something like, but then you have to also remember, you have to say in basis of who you have in front of you. So you have someone younger, you have to name yourself as older brother. Okay. So, so an. Uh, yeah, let's say I'm going to be on in this case. Right. But uh, then you are an. And I'm going to say this with complete, just flat American accent. An you, an chem. Okay. Right? I love to eat ice cream. Yeah. yeah um, I don't know if they will, uh, yeah. But I'm sure, let's ask us, uh, someone to come over and help us. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, uh, M, more food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. <laughs> change. So now we have like an employee coming yeah, in. Okay. So what we are doing is, he needs to say something in Vietnamese and you need to say if you understand. Sit here for a second. So he will say something in Vietnamese. Okay. And you need to say if you understand what he say. Okay. An you an chem. An. But you understand what he say? Em uh, hiu an hong. Hong. Okay, does not understand. Okay. Please say... In Vietnamese, I love to eat 
ice cream. Uh, anh thích ăn kem. Yeah. It's very different. So I said uh, you, you instead of tick. You said like to eat ice cream, but I said love. But maybe it's more like romantic love. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Like, 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 an you am, you. Ew. You. Ew. 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 Okay, so let's try one more time. I love to eat ice cream. An you. An. Gem. Now you understand me. For everyone listening, it sounded the same. <laughs> I think, I think. We'll see. Okay, one more perfect example of I love to eat ice cream. Anh yêu ăn kem. Which, not to be confused with anh yêu ăn kem. Not the same thing. No. Different. <laughs> Different. 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 It's not the same. Yep. It's not the same. Okay. Come on. Come on in. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think that, that I think that'll be the end. The, the, maybe that that could be the intro. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's like why Vietnamese is uh, simple but challenging. Correct. Yeah, but yeah, so that 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 gives you uh, the perfect explanation or example of how difficult it is to uh, for the most simple word to yeah. communicate. You understood my Italian. Yes, yeah, I understood. Completely wrong in terms of pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. And I was slightly wrong with my Vietnamese pronunciation. But well, that, it wasn't for them. <laughs> but, but that small. But do you know what you say? You, you, difference you, became huge. And the thing is that you could use, like, like, uh, like I previously said to you, you use one word, but you pronounce it differently, and you're saying something completely different to what you actually want to say. So sometimes it could be quite a vulgar, unpleasant I, word. I used to, I used to ask something like. Um, I was trying to say em sum odao, but I was saying em sum odao. Okay. I was trying to say, where do you live? But I was saying, where do you feel good? And I can imagine how many women just looked at you a little bit like bizarre. I feel good. <laughs> you know, it, it turns out, depending on the context, either of those is a fine question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, 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 uh, yeah. We're good here. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. I mean, if you're satisfied, I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to make you happy. You're standard. <laughs> How do you say that in Italian? <laughs> <laughs> Not going to go there. <laughs> how, how do we, how do we, uh, is there any Italian that would give us the um, say something about customer satisfaction, but have the most sexual innuendo possible? Like I like to satisfy my customers. <laughs> I mean, you would say, "Yeah, mi piace soddisfare il cliente." Uh, obviously, it depends how you say it. Then it can sound quite uh, uh, sexual. Okay, give it to me. But I, w I wouldn't really. It, it depends, you know. I can't do it if you right. Lay, lay it on me right now. Give yeah. it to me the the most inappropriate that, that way you can. Cheesy look, so I, I don't. I need. I need to cheesy look is happening already, man. <laughs> hey, hey. Mi piace su disfarti. Okay. Was that that? Was it? Well, I I said I like satisfying you. Oh. But then it can happen in the shop. It can it can happen that uh, that, uh, that an employee says that to you. Yeah. But that way is a little bit um. Yeah. At Sapori d'Italia, customer. Oh, you didn't pronounce. It. I didn't understand anything. Customer <laughs> satisfaction is number one. Absolutely. Um, are you worried that the name you've chosen for your restaurant, uh, for your ice cream cafe, have, have Vietnamese tried to say it? Do they have an? They oh, have. Is it hard for them? No to say one it? can say it. Um, I had thought about it. So everybody actually calls a shop Sapori. They they abbreviate it instead of putting Italy. They put Sapori because right. it's it, it's like a bit. Uh, how you, how would you say it in English? Uh, tongue twisting. Um, yeah, tongue twister. Yeah, a bit of a tongue twister for them. So they will just say the first word. It's a tongue twister for me. I mean, I have to be looking at it. Oh, okay. To say it. 
Okay, okay. You know. Okay. Whenever I say I'm coming here, I just say I'm going to Andrea's <laughs> okay. ice cream store. I don't say I'm going to Sapori d'Italia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's quite a common name. I mean, you know, it's... That Dolce Vita. You see that places. Yeah. But I suppose it's easier to pronounce. It doesn't have all the... Anyways. Andrea, thank you for taking the time to uh, talk with us today. That was a huge pleasure. And I always enjoy talking with you anyway. Thank you. Can thank have you. a lot of discussion. You have satisfied me <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> Intellectually and with the ice cream. And with the ice cream. For anyone out there who'd like to know more about this shop, how can they find so, it? How can they find out more information about it? You, we, we, we have a Facebook, which is the same name, Sapori d'Italia. Uh, as for also Instagram which we try to, on both of them, we try to update uh, more or less daily uh, comments, uh, images. And the, that, that's also at Sapori d'Italia, all one word. It's, as for the Instagram, it's Sapori, and then you've got the two underscores, and then d'Italia. Two underscores. So two underscores, because I tried to do have one, but it was already taken. Oh, okay. So I had to put two underscores. So Sapori, S-A-P-O-R-I. Exactly. Underscore, underscore. D'Italia. No apostrophe. So just D-I-T-A-L-I-A. Yes, correct. And as for Facebook, it's literally the name Sapori d'Italia. Okay. And you'll see it because it's uh, got a green, a very dark green background. Maybe you can like very dark green background with that ice cone and as my logo and the name of the company and you'll find it thanks a lot thank you it's a pleasure talking to you goodbye everyone and have a nice one and hope to see you soon see you soon <laughs> bye-bye bye-bye <laughs>